This is Live from the Table, a Comedy Cellar affiliated podcast coming at you on Sirius XM 99. Raw Dog! And the Laugh Button Podcast Network, Dan Natterman here, along with Noam Dwarman, owner of the world famous and ever expanding Comedy Cellar. Periel Ashenbrand is here. She is the producer. Hello. Uh, although others might quarrel with that designation. We have uh, Nicole Lyons behind the scenes doing our sound. Nicole, nobody, and, and that's all that's uh, all agreed upon, right? Nobody nobody questions Nicole. It's just Periel that we question. Well, Nicole clearly is the sound person, and she does the video. So she's very shy. But how do you do, Nicole? I'm doing great. How are you? All right, that's as much excitement. Total that's unanimity for, for on her. Nicole. That's that's a, that's very uh, excited. Uh, and uh, we have with us Matt Friend. Hello. Well, if you haven't heard of Matt Friend, I think you probably will at some point. He's uh, he's he's a uh, he's a comedian. He's an impressionist. He's been on the Howard Stern Show, the Today Show, the Jimmy Kimmel Live Show, many others. He does 250 impressions, ranging from Rami Malek to Timothy Chalamet. I don't know what he sounds like. And his favorite impression at the moment is Jennifer Coolidge, I suppose, according to what I've read in his bio that Periel sent me. And he. He is sort of a. He sometimes breaks into impressions for no, no reason. Like He's, a tick. Like yeah. a tick. So just bear bear that in mind. How do you do, Matthew? I am thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you guys. Who's Excited that? to be here. Who's that? I have no idea. Oh, actually. Just, <laughs> I, people, think that, I think that's him. <laughs> people people think I actually have a bit about this. I'm working on. It. People think I'm always telling a joke or doing a voice or a bit, and I, I'm just this. Yeah, is because what your I sound voice like. is already halfway to Howard it's, Stern. It, anyway. It's resting broadcaster voice. I can't <laughs> help it. It's it's a serious problem. Yeah. Yes, and um, <laughs> Matt is you. You had just me- mentioned to me the name Matt Friend just yeah. two weeks ago, Noam. You said, Matt. Yeah, we, we really? were going. We were going through the. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know how much detail to give on this. Uh, I was annoyed that uh, Tyler Fisher was doing very, very well at all the clubs, and I was annoyed that 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 we didn't know about him at a time when he was probably should have been working here. So I was trying to figure out what's going wrong in my organization that we're not on top of knowing who's working in town. And I said, I said, you think the Yankees don't know? Who, uh, who who's great in the minor leagues? They always know who's great in the minor. They know who they are in high school, right? So, um, so I started going through the lineups of some other clubs, and I started putting it to the table. Like, what about this person? What about that person? And I said, who's this Matt Friend guy? Turns out I knew who Matt Friend was, but I didn't realize <laughs> uh, who's this Matt Friend guy. And but this is interesting. They're like, oh, he's an impressionist. I'm like, what's wrong with an impressionist? But impressionists don't get much respect, you know. And Natterman spoke up for you. Well, what did I, say? I forgot. I think I said he's a, well. He's an extremely good impressionist. I, I I truthfully said I've never seen him do stand up. But do you remember this conversation? I was yeah, like, of course I, I do. I, I was I'm like, the one who brought it up. I said, "You fucking snobs. Who cares if people love impressionists? Yeah. Like, but what what's your feeling about that? Impressionists don't get respect. You know. Well, first of all, uh, I started out. I sound a little like Johnny Carson. But go ahead. Well, it's very good to be here. Thank you very much. <laughs> On the program was your dear friend of mine, Mr. Dan Netterman. Okay, I'm going to, I have to rest. That's not his best. Impression. Okay, stop it. No, you know, the, it's very interesting. I started out doing impressions when I was like, like a little kid and I grew up like Austin Powers. How old? How old? I was four years old and I watched Austin Powers and that's what got me obsessed with comedy. And then I started doing that and the Mike Myers characters. And then it evolved to when I started doing stand up, especially throughout the past year and a half where an act is built and it's not just the voices. So now it's a lot of crowd work and then a lot of just things unrelated to the voices. But 
they're definitely inevitably a part of the act. And it's not just the voices now, though. I'm kind of analyzing things, whether it's a politics or whatever. Uh, and I'm but not, why don't the other comedians well, but no, respect as impressionists? Another, as, another com- as another I, comedian, I, let me, I could address well, I, yeah, I think. <laughs> no, you're not the guest. Like, no, no, <laughs> I think uh, maybe sometimes comedians will, th- it can, Sometimes it can be hacky, maybe an impression like the way you said it. Like, oh, this is Robert De Niro on an air on an airplane or something. I love Robert De Niro on an airplane. No, but I think maybe sometimes <laughs> comedians were in an age where you're expected to talk more and more about yourself. Audiences want to know who the real person. No, is. No, like, no, no, no. Stop there. No, comedians. You're right. You, the maybe first, they're jealous. No, fuck it. They the, don't have the talent. The they're jealous. Part, fucks. The first part of your sentence was <laughs> okay. correct. The comedians expect you to talk about yourself. Yeah. Audiences don't expect that. They don't care. That. I agree. Audiences just want to be entertained. And the thing is also... And for- comedians comedians intimidate. Maybe. Well, I, I reject well, the premise it- that comedians are snobs about impressionists. However, uh, wasn't there a thing that like people uh, hated? People were mad at Jimmy Fallon when he was starting because like he was doing these impressions and comedians were like jealous or whatever. I don't know. I read. I, I that. don't know. He was doing impressions of other comedians. I which do that too. Yeah. Might have. No, uh, but but I don't know. I mean, it is interesting. I don't know. I don't know why they. Uh, why well, they first of all, I'm not so sure. Fuck the them. Com- I'm, I'm having a good time out here. I'm not so, so sure the comedians <laughs> are snobs about it. However, it's not enough to do impressions. Yeah, that's right. It's not. You have to do not more for what. For to to kill, I've seen people just go on stage and just do impressions, but if there's no context to it, yeah, you know, you, have you can just say here's as he said, just say here's the Nero on an aeroplane. Well, you know that'll only get you so far. It's funnier if you can like analyze things you as an- the person. I or think whatever. if you analyze, you do a joke about Trump and then you bring in the Trump impression for but, example. But but yeah yeah the Trump one. But some of them like, like I did a joke about Chris Rock. Yeah, uh, what he should have done when he got smacked by. Uh, Jamie, uh, by uh, Will Smith. Will, Will Smith. Yeah. And I did a very poor impression of Chris Rock. I I thought he should, it would have been great is if he just knocked Will Smith out and said, now where was I? Yeah. Uh, but but it would have been a lot more effective if I had a good impression. <laughs> the thing is for me too, though, of of Chris Rock, you, got, you should write for him. I mean, for me too. Like I look at like Rich Little, like when he was young. You know, Rich Little, like yeah. yeah. He, and hasn't, then, he hasn't dated. Well, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then what I try to do is, and what I'm the work I'm doing is work. If you want to call that sound, so the work I'm doing. Uh, I go for vocal and physical accuracy, and then I try to add like my own comedic spin on it. Like I'm very inspired by Carvey and Phil Hartman and guys like that, Bill Hader. So it's vocal, physical mixed with my own comedy in there. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Well, now why do you re- now? Now I wouldn't say it's jealousy. Yeah, that's yeah. But that's, again, I I don't know that the premise that's, is um, correct. I don't know what it is. That's the reverse. I I think they just don't respect. They don't respect guitar acts. They don't respect impressionists. They don't respect prop acts. Um, Frankie Pace, who was this brilliant prop act years ago, he, who was the first comedian on SNL. You know, he, he, I mean, nobody killed harder than Frankie Pace. The comedians just hated him. That's interesting. But, you know, back in the day, the comedians, uh, I, I've told a story before. I, I went to see Eddie Murphy's movie Raw at the time when it came out. It was like 88 or something. Yeah. And... Um, I remember I came to the comedian. I think it was Alan Havy was at the bar and some other comedians. And I'm like, I just saw Raw. It was so great. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's awful. Like, like Eddie Murphy, he's derivative. He's not funny. Like that- Jim Carrey, too. Like when he was starting out doing those impressions. Well, like, I, I, like Sammy Davis Jr. At, at like in L.A., like the comedy store or whatever. Wouldn't he do that? He would do a whole act like that. His whole Carson I, set I was impressions. But, 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 but just, just, to, you know, just to make my point, so like it's very time and place. So the, all the comedians at that time thought Eddie Murphy was, a, was just, I was embarrassed. Yeah. 
I never, I never shared it again that I thought this movie was so great. But now another generation has come up, and this is one of the classic <laughs> yeah. movies in their, you know, influences in, in in their wanting to be comedians. Yeah. So obviously the comedians in those days were just wrong. Right. And but it's very powerful when all the comedians feel some way. But I, and, I would and they're just assholes. Yeah. But but once again, I'm not hearing what you're describing. I'm not hearing. First of all, Daryl Hammond, who's a largely impression-based comedian. I never heard a bad word said about him around here. I mean, who else does who else does impressions? Well, maybe you did, but I'm not hearing that. Is there you're something just, I need I'm not to know? I, I haven't I'm been not, given not, all this negative feedback I'm not yet. Hearing, it's just mad. I'm not hearing <laughs> Melissa Villasenor. It's just me, apparently. Melissa Villasenor was yeah. all, is also impression-heavy. I never heard anyone say a bad word about her. I mean, oh I think if you're an unfunny impressionist, yeah. maybe then they would insult well, you. Well, go on and be funny, then. That's what you have to do. Just be. Funny, yeah, I just I don't. I'm not here. Like you're describing this snobbishness that I'm not hearing. Oh, well, I've heard it. You're, you're right that Daryl Hammond gets respect. Now Daryl's a more complex performer. Yeah, but you're right. He does he does impressions? But they're yeah. You're right. It, it, it's it's not a hard and fast I, rule. But you have to win people over. But yeah, because I, I think yeah, impressions yeah. can be hacky. And if and if you're a great impressionist, it's certainly a, a valuable skill. But if you have to bring more to it. I agree. You know, I agree. I mean, yeah. unless that's all you want to do, like as a voice actor or something. But I think as a comedian, like building out a set, it's a whole other thing. Like talking to a crowd as yourself. I think it just adds a whole other layer, and that's what I'm doing right now. And 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 so ha now you mentioned Matt as a possible person to work here. Have you investigated that? Have you looked at his? You have not. Okay. Not yet. I told. I, I have. I've I've asked people to do that. So now at four years old, you were able to do. Were you musical? Were you a musical child? I loved music. I never. I'm playing guitar now, but yeah, yeah. But I wasn't like doing s lessons or anything as a kid. Were you able to just like sing in tune? Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so how come you never played music? I don't know. I just never really did. It's weird. I you, you think I wish the, I did. you think the talents are related? I think so. Yeah. But uh, but as I said last time, I think on the last episode. You know, I think some people just, they, they pick up that guitar, they sit down at that piano, and it's just clicks, and, and they keep at it. Yeah, that's how I am kind of with voices. You know, I yeah. just, I mean, I don't think I was an untalented, I took piano lessons, I I don't think I was, I, might, I was no prodigy, but I don't think I was untalented. I think right. with enough hours, I could have become a pretty respectable player. It just didn't click. The desire, the love, the passion. Now, no one will say, well, if you were better at it, you'd have had more passion. And that's probably... No, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. That's actually. probably partially true. <laughs> but it's also yeah. true that some people... That was just, a lousy impression of me, by the way. <laughs> well, it yeah. wasn't an impression. <laughs> what was that? But, but um, I think some people just... You, you picked up that guitar and you never put it down. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that's just because you were good at it. I think there's more to it than that. I think some people just have a love and a passion for it. I think it's probably you're born with it, but I don't know what it is. You know, I mean, they say Hendrix used to sit on the toilet bowl and play guitar whilst he was on the toilet because he didn't want to be away from his guitar. You know, Steve Vai used to have it by his bed. I mean, people that have that kind of love for it. Um, you have a notebook by your bed? I don't know, but I don't write shit down. I don't write my jokes down. But How, Yeah, what do you do then? They're in my head. All right, good for you. <laughs> That's impressive, honestly. Well, yeah. yeah. There's a famous Seinfeld episode where he wakes up and writes <laughs> the thing and he can't read it. The next day. Well, anything <laughs> I come up with while I'm half asleep, unlike Paul McCartney, who wrote yesterday while asleep, purported anything I come yeah, exactly. up, anything I come up with sleep doesn't work. All right. 
for some reason. I guess when I'm asleep, I think it's good, and then I wake up. Right. And so, then... so anyway, four years old, you're able to do Austin Powers. And then yeah. quickly, how long How long was that your only impression, or did you quickly start I did, adding I, to it? I was doing, like, Dr. Evil, and then I would do my parents' friends, and then my grandparents, and then my uncle, and then teachers, and it just kind of gradually increased. And then I just started watching movies and shows, and then kind of just started happening. Now, what year were you born? 98. So this is early 2000s. Yeah. So at that age, YouTube started around 2005. Yeah, so I grew up with YouTube. Right. So at that age, it was already that you somebody could have seen this young, precocious impressionist and put him on YouTube and and got attention from you. Did that happen to you? I wasn't like a, like on Ellen as like a seven-year-old, no. So no, I was, I was starting to do like sketches and stuff, then uploading it a little bit on YouTube, yeah. But what way, happens to your parents? It's still freezing in here, by the way, if we yeah, can get a little I'm just saying it's freezing, and I'd like to rectify. <laughs> but can't be rectified. Yeah. Wait, go ahead. Yeah. Did your parents look at you at some point and were like, holy shit, this kid, like, this isn't just, like, this, like, cute, funny thing, but he's, like, actually wildly talented, and we need to do something about no, his, it? His, very, his parents don't respect impression. No, they, they, <laughs> my, par- my dad, are the, they're the comedians you were talking about. They're just in the con- <laughs> Wildly talented. My son's a hack. <laughs> 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 yeah, they tell me I'm worthless in a sack of shit. Um, they're like, go do real stand up. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, no, they're very supportive. Yeah, and they're lucky to have that uh, like upbringing. I'm just very. No, but I'm I'm talking about like when did they see little... it when I was like a kid? Like, say you got to go do this. Not necessarily. No, not like I was a kid like pushing me into. It kind of happened organically. Like I went to school in New York to college out here and I just started kind of figuring out and doing it. Where'd you go to college? NYU. NYU. So you were just having like a lot of fun doing it all growing up. Yeah. I mean, I never really thought about it in terms of like, I mean, I, I always had an idea that it might be something I wanted to do, but then it got very like in college, I would say I really started to begin thinking about this as a career and then the pandemic hit and that's when things started to get a little crazy on I, social can media. You, can you do, can you do me? Because can a you lot do, of, yeah, I know. I, I was just hearing you guys in my head, me, and I think I can yeah. do you guys. I'm working on you. Well, guys. You can do Noam. No, I think I can. No, I'm not interested in that. I don't. I, it's. I, I. I don't care. The problem is, it's in my head. So whether you're interested or not, <laughs> it's going to happen. Whether like I, it's just going to happen. I just Noam is. I never don't, thought of Noam. Don't make it Jewy. <laughs> I never thought of Noam as having yeah. a voice. That we all know I'm going to make it a hacky Jewy impression that all the comedians will hate. That's what I'm going to do. But do Natterman. Dude, keep talking. Go ahead. What am I, a fucking... Well, okay, here's the question. Stripper here? You're going to so, throw signals so, at me? I mean, we do, we do want to get you... Yeah, go ahead. Impressions. People are yeah. probably listening. Say, yeah, they're like, what, what's he going to do? But, yeah. but uh, before we do that... Yeah. So Let's get hacky here. How hard is me. it... <laughs> so, like, I think about musical. Like, some people, like, you know, they have perfect pitch. They instantly yeah. be able to play something. Some people have to work on it, figure it out. But in the end, the performance could be better than the person with perfect pitch. But how easy it... Is it for you to do an impression? I'll just add one thing. We had Daryl Hammond on years ago, and he talked about really working hard to get a new voice, like recording it, trying yeah. it again and again. I think he, I think he described many weeks or months to get a voice down. Whereas somebody like Godfrey, literally, you can ask, you could just ask him do somebody, and he could have never done it before, and he'll just access it in his brain yeah. and come out with a top five percent impression of that person. He's he's remarkable. Yeah. So which are you? Well, it's funny you mentioned, by the way, Daryl Hammond, I was just on stage with him last week. We did like a dueling Trump thing. I'd never met him before. It was really fun. He's amazing. He's amazing. Uh, I think it, it, usually I can get them pretty quickly. Uh, and I'm very up to date with what's happening, like pop culture, politics, and actors and stuff like that. 
So, but you it, sometimes it can take like a day, sometimes a couple of weeks. But there's no, but there's another aspect to it, right? According with Daryl Hammond, is that it's also a matter of focusing on some aspect of that person, which somehow can be funny. Yes, and exaggerating exactly. it into a caricature. Exactly, I think that's what makes Daryl kind of brilliant. Yeah, like like we were talking about Rich Little earlier, he would just do like the exact carbon copy of the voice. He wouldn't really add much to it, and then. Guys like Carvey and uh, Hammond would like add some like, version I, of it that made it really like when I do Mitch McConnell, I have a like a. Go ahead. How how you doing, Mitch? Yeah, I'll put these on. What, 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 why are you guys kicking Ilhan Omar out of the? I do this. Well, listen, yes, it is great to be here right now with the comedy sheller, and when I say is, scoobity boop boop, scoobity do yes, it is great to be here yes. He doesn't say he doesn't say scooby boop boop scooby doo, but it's right. a noise. Well, it's I like, it's like when Harvey used to say yeah. "not gone down." Not gonna, ex- exactly, yeah. So that's right. I don't think that George so, ever said "not." And then I love I love doing impressions where everybody tries to do it, and then I skewer them in the voice. Like everybody tries to do this. Okay, Gnome knows it, right? And they fail like dogs. They just can't do it. A lot of people try to speak like me, but they fail. Okay, a lot of comedians come in. They do their own version. And frankly, it's disgusting what they do. I'm very offended by it. And you're not smiling. There, excuse me. This is <laughs> look at him laughing like a dog, right? <laughs> They're an intimidating crowd. Very into, he's like Simon Cowell. He has a lot of the power. He can say, "Next comedian, you're fired. You're not going to Hollywood." But he's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing, right? That's good. <laughs> I, excuse me. Look at. It. I walk into the studio. They say. How does it feel being a hacky piece of shit? Comedians don't respect you. I say to them, go fuck yourself. That's what I say to those comedians, right? But, but, That's good. The side I just said was, That's was very, was Thank very you very much. Look and the- then I'm, I'm working on the future. Like I have Ron DeSantis down. Do you even know what he sounds like? Uh, like- not really. The governor of Florida, he's over here in the back of the throat. So when he runs for president, I'm good for the next four to eight years, whatever happens. Just copies Trump exactly, physically and vocally. It's frightening, actually. Some way ahead of the- I don't know. I just am listening to shit. Like Austin Butler, I did. He just won the Globe for Elvis. Well, how important uh, is it for you to do an impression that other people don't do? Because Trump, obviously, a lot of people do. It doesn't do. matter. I don't care. You I don't. just want to sound like the person. And You think some people are so overdone that it's like, you know what, I can do them well, but it's just that impression is in and of itself too overdone. I'm not going to go there. Like, well, I mean, I, maybe walking might be in that yeah, category. Well, there are some that I call airplane food impressions where like every, it's like being a stand-up comedian talking about airplane food, like Christopher Walken uh, and De Niro. Kirk. Yeah, Which, like those like, it's like... my favorite. Do, do, can you, can you, I got to work on that Oh, one. come on. I, I know, I know. The best. You're talking about uh, Kirk? I know. William Shatner. No, but, no. but uh, no, I mean, I think if I can... I don't see a problem with it if I can be very vocally perfect. Like, why not? Or uh, if you can do it in a in a Joe in a in a newer way. In a newer yeah, way, because it is so overdone. Yeah, way, but a lot of the ones I'm doing are no one's really doing. I noticed this about Trump yeah, what years you know, ago. What you notice? Tell me what you notice. I, I, I woke. up. <laughs> Let's see what he noticed. He's still talking like a dog. Go ahead. I woke up uh, with the TV playing in the background. That's <laughs> kind of half asleep, and Trump was talking. Yeah. And for some reason, it hit me. He had the people were gonna get mad. People got mad when I said this years ago. Even be- it was before he was even fully exposed as Trump. He has a a very <laughs> to get it out. He has like a beautiful vocal quality. He really does. No, no. There's something <laughs> raspy. Like if he were a singer, I yeah. You would think, oh yeah, I expect you to have that that. Like he has all kind of a the quality of his voice. If you could separate it from the, the horrible things he says. <laughs> He has the quality of a voice. You could imagine having a very pretty singing voice. Am I wrong? You know, that's so interesting. 
Because remember when Obama sang Amazing Grace? Now I kind of want to do Trump singing Amazing Grace. <laughs> That's just so fascinating, actually. And Obama sang uh, Marvin Gaye. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah now no, that, no, 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 that was a fun moment. He comes out, he's like, Amazing Grace. Now, now that was fun. I love the comedy seller, everybody. Come on, now. <laughs> now that is good. It, it, which, but so the much. interesting thing about that, Noam, is that Trump is the last person in the world I would ever think would, be, si- would sing. He just seems what like would a very sing? Un- what would he sing? Sing- it seems like a guy that just doesn't sing. Well, I, have, I happen to know what he would sing. Yeah, what would he sing? Go ahead. And this is true because uh, just by coincidence, I ran into Michael Cohen in a restaurant. What? He was just talking about my impression on a podcast the other day. <laughs> he was like, all the people do Mr. Trump. There's one kid who's fucking amazing at it. And he was, I was like, fucking dying. It was hilarious. And he says that Trump loves Neil Young. <laughs> and he dragged everybody in his staff to see Neil Young. And he Old went, man, look at my life. <laughs> and he was, he was singing hard gold. 24, and there's like so much more, right? <laughs> there's a lot more. That is hilarious. Can you imagine Trump in love with <laughs> Trump Neil Young? And of Neil. all the acts for Trump that's the weirdest. in love with, that's he weird. loves Neil Young. Who would you expect? I expected him to be a, like a, I don't know, like a Sinatra guy. I mean, a little, yeah, there's a very great story. I would story. probably expect Sinatra. Trump detailed how Sinatra, I think it maybe it was Carson, like, was such a drunk. I think he had, like, some argument with him years ago. I, it'd be great if Kanye, maybe that would make sense these days. He might support him. Because it's anti Semite? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Kanye supported him, went to the Oval Office with the red hat. You never know. All right, what else, Dan? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's a great show here. <laughs> Having fun. You do Howard Stern. I think, oh, I think when I met you, when I met you, you were Howard. Howard Stern. I do. Yeah, yeah. He's, by the way, we have just watching watching us uh, off mic is this guy named Barrett Letty, who's a friend of Matt. And I yes. I, I first uh, met them on Clubhouse. Remember Clubhouse, that that social media that that was Shooting sort of hot star. during the pandemic? And they were doing a, a Robin Quivers and Howard Stern thing together. Yeah. So that's how I... And Let's hear I, it. Let's hear it. Well, if Barrett wants to, I mean, Barrett's just—I don't know if Barrett wants to. Uh, to yeah, take take, take, take the mic. We do a little bit, of Ryan. This is going to be great. So I'm doing the Comedy Cellar podcast now. Robin, how are you doing? Oh, hi, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you a question, Ryan. Who do you have to fuck to get on stage at this fucking comedy club? It's fucking driving me crazy. Like, what do you have to do? It's fucking crazy, right? Oh, Tell I me. I don't know if you have to fuck right. anyone, Howard. Do you, you don't think so? <laughs> so you think you don't think I have to fuck Tom to make this happen? Tell me. Tell me, Robin. Uh, give me a laugh right now. Tell me. <laughs> now, Robin, let me ask you something, right? Do you think that I've been... First of all, are you masturbating? Oh, absolutely. Babysitter Aren't porn, you? right? We lo- Gnome likes babysitter porn, doesn't he? He looked at him <laughs> laughing, right? Now, do you think he's a little intimidating, or is it just me? Oh, he is. Right. You think so? Brother. I think so. Hey, now. Now, Robin, hey, now. now give me one. Hey, oh, hey, now. He can't do it, Robin. Come on. <laughs> Robin, one last question. What do you think about the Bruce Springsteen interview? You like that? I thought it was wonderful. I think everything you do is wonderful. <laughs> Robin Quiver, everybody. We love oh, you. Very good. That was amazing, Bar- right? Bar- Barrett Letty. He's unbelievable. He's a voiceover artist. He's amazing. He's not a comic. I love Barrett. That was so fucking good. I love Barrett. It's yeah, so wild seeing him. Oh, my God. Didn't you also do something... With a uh, Letterman, or was it Letterman with Letterman? I, I, yeah, I was walking down the street. I've been mi- basically meeting a lot of the people I do impressions of. You, uh, you do Letterman? Yeah, you. Well, no, you, no. I was I was walking down the street last week, and I ran in, and David Letterman was on the sidewalk, just walking in like Soho. Oh, I, I think I saw you yeah, posted I saw that. And I went up to him and like we talked for a few minutes, and I I told him I'd do a Howard impression. I don't do him, unfortunately. 
And and I did it, and we did a little video. I, I, remember. Like, I said, "What's with the beard? It's just fucking. It's disgusting." No. <laughs> and then and then I posted a video, and then the next morning, Howard's on the air, and he goes, "I get a text last night, weirdest thing from David Letterman, <laughs> that he ran into Matt Friend, and I'm like, who the fuck is Matt? Oh, that's the guy who does the impression of me. Like Howard's pretending he doesn't know. It was amazing. It was surreal. Yeah." That, yeah, that's. I met Andy. I, I like Co- this, this, the self-protective Howard's yeah. pretending he doesn't know. Well, <laughs> I've been, I've been on so frequent. I talked to him on the air for like twenty minutes, like four days before that happened. Believe like, me, right? you, uh, you could. I mean, not, not uh, forgettable. Just like you know, you, you get older what and is, you meet yeah, so people. True. Is your? So we we had a discussion. I think two weeks ago. I think you asked me. Somebody asked. Somebody said, "Well, well how come so and so didn't get on SNL? There's great impressionists." And and I made the point. Well, SNL only hires. First of all, SNL doesn't only hire impressionists. And then when they do, they might be looking for a woman. They might be looking for a Latino or a Latino. It wasn't. It wasn't me who said that that person should have gotten on SNL. But I. But I, there was a conversation. It was Rich. But, it was Rich Aronovich. Yeah, wasn't that the conversation we had with Rich about? We might have been. I don't remember. But anyway. But of course, a lot of people. Daryl Hammond. It was always his dream to be on SNL. Is that is that your number Darryl one? Daryl Hammond was. I know, and it was his dream. Wait, are you saying Rich Aronovich? And he pulled it off. Aronovich was, no, he was asking about somebody else, why somebody else, I think Kyle Dunnigan, he said, why didn't Kyle Dunnigan, because he does great impressions too. I said, why didn't he get SNL? I said, well, because SNL, again, they they don't only hire impressionists, and they don't hire, they can only hire a few people a season. Kyle's not just an impressionist. Kyle would have been perfect for us. He would have been, but, Mm -hmm. yeah, he would have been. I mean, but, you know, they can't hire everybody that would be. So would have Godfrey. So would Godfrey have been perfect. Uh, So (laughs) not everybody can get SNL, even those people that would be perfect for it. That's what Elon Gold would have been good on it, too. Tyler says. Um, So so Matthew, what about you and SNL? What do do you is that your number one goal? A goal? You don't give a shit. uh, I mean, I would say as a kid, I was always a big goal uh, of mine. And like my my old. YouTube channel was called Matterday Night Live, like in high, like years ago, not years ago, like earlier, like a couple years ago. But um, now, I mean, I'm just kind of doing my thing. Like if things happen, it happens. I can't be married to something if I have zero control over it. So now I'm just performing and making things happen and doing voiceover. And if it happens, it happens. I would love it. If I mean, it there's happens, so many other avenues, especially nowadays, especially with social media. I think somebody like you, you are doing well on social media and but but a guy like you could could really I think you know explain. No, I mean I mean thank you. So I mean, we'll so see. I mean I don't know that how necessary. As Trump as- says, we'll see what happens, right? <laughs> so I don't know. There's more we'll outlets. Take a look. But for a guy now, like you. Now what I'm doing what I'm doing now is just like performing nightly and uh, doing a lot of voiceover stuff and just content. Now here's a question. Yeah. You're able to imitate Obama because Obama's. Um, I see where this is going. Let's see what you got. Come on, now. come on. Now. Because How are you? this is not stereotypically. Yeah, let's black. see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. But it's 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 not a good time to be imitating, uh, doing impressions of, of people of color, is it? When my thinking is, first of all, it depends on the context. Like, if you're going to be paid as a voiceover actor, you you shouldn't do that as like a white guy doing some other role, as we've seen what's happened throughout the past few years, in my opinion. But I think if you're doing it like in a comedy act, if it's vocally accurate, I think it's fine. 
if I sound exactly like Obama or something, I'm not like well, well, saying well, to take it to another level of like. Daryl used to do the Al Sharpton. He, he, I, I, great. He and did he, it on stage. It was hysterical. And he did. Uh, and he did Jesse Jackson, I believe. I don't think he did that. Yeah, but in those days, it was funnier because a white guy. Yeah, no, doing I mean, it. yeah, I mean. Well, he still. It, last time I saw him here, he did. You're, you're he talk, might be grandfathered. You're talking about specific a guy who does a spot on impression though. Like it's yeah. perfect, you yeah. know. Yeah. So I, I think it's fine. Yeah, it's I, fine. I, I don't. In know that, that case, yeah, it's fine until until somebody decides that it's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, same with anything. They're, and and there'll be no warning when they decide. I mean, if you're going to take it to another level and, like, add uh, a costume, I would not suggest that. That would not be a good idea. Now, now I've been watching this show on Apple TV, uh, The Therapist Next Door. Yeah, yeah. Have you, have you I haven't it? seen it Are yet. you Jewish? I am, yeah. Um, and uh, Oh, good. He does, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't scream it. Well, let's talk I, a little I, more. I, I'm wondering if, if your mother was a convert. No, and I'm a full Jew, man. Okay, okay. Right, so, Come get me. So now, this show is pretty good. Yeah. Paul Rudd is uh, who is Jewish, plays the therapist. Yeah. But then Will Farrell plays the other guy who's supposed to be Jewish. Right. And uh, and first of all, you know, you wonder like, what happened to all this uh, this issue about you're not supposed to play somebody <laughs> like, and and both of them, I blame the 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 script. They throw in so many Jewish references into every scene no jewish people talk this way like like harry enton our friend you know, who like the jewish guy i know wouldn't have this many jewish references in a conversation like what just like a yeah. like a mashuga and uh just like things things i don't even know just like every toast is jewy and it's not l'chaim jewy yeah. but like the it's just obviously they're just trying to throw Jewish reference. And I wouldn't say I was offended by it. I'm not offended by it, but it kind of irked me. Mm-hmm. Like, what the what the fuck are they doing here? Like, so and I and I began to realize how, you know, these things bother other people. Again, I wasn't offended by it. I I, mo- I mostly thought this is just bad writing. Like, you know, th- this is just not well done. Um but in some way, whether you intellectually don't agree with it and think it's ridiculous this whole cultural thing of not these people shouldn't be doing other people it begins to seep in now you see this big goy will farrell you know doing uh 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 this big jewish guy making all these jewish references i'm like the fuck i mean bradley cooper is playing uh uh what's his name the fucking leonard uh Leonard Bernstein? Uh, Leonard Bernstein. Uh, but yeah, he, yeah. He looks... Is he Jewish? I don't think he is, no. <laughs> no, 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 Cooper. Cooper. no they, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bernstein. I, I would, that'd be a shock. You heard it here first, folks. On most... Sirius XM, Bernstein is not a Jew. <laughs> the most, uh, I think, Jesus. miscasting of a Jew is Rutger Hauer in Escape from Sober Boy. I, actually, you're wrong. It's actually George Santos is probably <laughs> the biggest miscasting as a Jew in history, honestly. It's amazing. I would, I would give it to Rutger Hauer. I'd give it to Santos. Who's the most Gentile-looking man of all time? <laughs> you think so? You play, Rutger yeah. Howe, yes. And second prize goes to um, James Spader in uh, Ice House. Was, was the name of that movie? No, White. How about how about uh, Brosnahan, Mrs. Maisel? She's not a Jew. Yeah, but, that's but incredible. Can, but, right? But again, I mean, that's unbelievable, yeah, isn't it? She's incredible. But she doesn't look no, no. But I'm saying that she's not ridiculous. A Jew. Yeah. It's not Rutger Howe level yeah. Gentile. Right. <laughs> It yeah. is. It is quite. There's shallow. no Meshuggah every five seconds. It's quite yeah. shallow of the writers, who I think the writers are Jewish too. Right. Um, to think that the the essence of portraying a Jew yeah. is in the word choice, 
it's not this it's it's much it's much more subtle than it's that. It's more yeah. It's more it's part the, of it's it, it's more but it's not the, the whole thing. Subtle manipulation of the media. I mean, thank God. <laughs> thank God that Jerry yeah. Seinfeld used lots of Yiddish phrases on Seinfeld, or America would have never known he was Jewy. <laughs> yes. you, know, you know, get my point. Like, like Seinfeld's obviously right, so it's yeah. bad writing. Yes, we agree. Obviously Jewish. I didn't, yeah. I don't know. There's no Jewish stuff coming out of his right, mouth. Right. There's been a lot of blowback about that. Um, Phil, Jonah Hill's film that just. I just, uh, I just saw you, a video just about saw, that. I saw you, I yeah, you people. I just yeah, you saw, people. I, I watched it too. What's the blowback? That um, the Netflix show called You People. Yeah. Or as Archie Bunker said, "You people are you people." Use people. Anyway, go ahead, Perio. Well, go ahead. You, you no, no, you go ahead. Blowback. Please take it. Yeah. Is what's that, the what's the blowback? Is that they're like they're really relying on all of these Jewish tropes and black tropes, and it's like it's sort of pandering to the lowest common denominator. I mean, pretty much what, exactly what you were saying. Um, Didn't he write the movie too? Jo- he, Jonah yeah. wrote it with with this uh, with a with a black guy. I don't know who I forgot. The no, I'm kidding. Yeah, go ahead. I had I had by accident uh, with Judd Apatow was here, and I sat down with them, and he was here with a friend. I sat down with them, had lunch with them, and it was like 45 minutes before I realized it was Jonah Hill. <laughs> just, just talking to this guy. You know. When was this? This is uh, five years ago, before COVID. Um, but he'd lost so much weight, you know, like, and I hadn't realized he'd yeah. lost all and dyed his hair. And I, I really, and then it, somehow it just occurred to me. That who it doesn't was. surprise me at all. Like, you didn't even know who Stephen Merchant was. That's such a like a distinctive looking guy too, Steven. Steven I well, yeah. I mean, forget even what he looks like. But okay. I was anyway. What do you think of 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 the of the blowback for uh, you people? I I thought I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was um, fun, and I thought Eddie Murphy was just phenomenal. And I mean, it's like okay, like I, it's, you know, Sam J isn't that right? Yeah, Sam Jay has a very Sam big role. She's a podcast. Uh, yeah, the podcast yeah, yeah. host yeah, with Sam, uh, Sam Hill. fantastic. Andrew Schultz was in it. He had a small part. Um, I I, yeah. I thought it was great. I mean, it you know it was like a movie. It's like I don't. I I watched it with a French audio track, so I didn't necessarily get <laughs> the the full. In other wow. words, if I don't know how they were speaking, so whether they were speaking in stereotypically Jewish and black ways, I didn't get that from wait the French. Wait a second. Wait, wait. Why? Because he likes to do that to test himself. Because he, well, he also uh, likes to sprinkle into conversations to show off that he speaks French. No, well, <laughs> do you? Oh, yes. Fuck. Do I like to sprinkle it in, or do, do I speak French? I I wow. watch. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of blowback against comedians who speak French. It's like I the wa- new impressions. I watch. <laughs> People are mad at comedians. If who I'm going to watch something and there's a French audio track available, I'm going to watch it with the French audio. So track. do you watch like Squid Game with the French audio the whole, track in addition yeah, yeah, to the? Yes. You're kidding. Yeah, I watch. Are you fucking kidding? Are you no, serious? I'm serious. Yeah. Do you watch porn in French? <laughs> yeah. No, no, that I do not watch in French. Um, but that's an idea because there's some vocabulary. <laughs> well, but it's a vocabulary that I wouldn't necessarily get but, in but other. They don't shave their legs. Yeah. Oh yes, boy. that's that's <laughs> a stereotype. That they, the French hairy stereotype. <laughs> okay, fascinating. The French stere- uh, hairy stereotype dates from like the '60s. It's uh, it's, yeah, it's not really true at all anymore. Can I just say, by the way, this podcast so far has just been great. I mean, it has been vastly different than I expected. What did you expect? You know, I, I'm. This is just. I did not expect it to be talking about the shaved legs of French people oh. and oh, uh, we're just and, and you people. Uh, let's keep going. <laughs> Wait, actually, we're not just getting started. We're winding down. Oh, okay. However, Wait, I just want to say one thing because Dan has brought this up so oh, many times. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Dan was very disappointed to find out by a reputable source that my Hebrew... Well, no, I don't know if it's a reputable source. It's a biased source. It's your husband. 
Dan always tells me that my he there's no way I speak I actually speak he's like maybe it's decent right is that well true? you're Hebrew yeah I, it's probably decent but but I think you're probably missing a lot of vocabulary <laughs> yeah because you don't use it. You know, oh on, on on that regular debate. Like, uh, all right, let me ask you this. No, but I do. Uh, but no, no. But wait a second. But then we sat down with Guy, and he asked Guy, "How's her Hebrew?" And w- what did he say? This he said happened. your reading was. She's not authorized to to. You said change topics. I let didn't alone change Bring topic. up such a boring topic as her Hebrew. I, I, I oh my god! This First of all, that's so rude, and I did not <laughs> change topics. But fine, go so right say, ahead. Do you know how to say underwear in Hebrew? Yes. You know? Yeah. How do you say? How do you say? How do you say? Um, how do you say uh, the brakes fa- the brakes failed on my car, and I collided into the guard the guardrail. Um, I don't know how to. Say All right, there you go. Now. So I'm saying you're missing a lot of vocabulary. There you go. Your paper was probably decent for getting around town. No, but 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 you know, if you had to do your act in Hebrew, for example, you, you know, you might not well, find. I did prefer- say this. That's much too big for me. <laughs> Get out of here, soldier. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I would never want to bore. God forbid, bore Noam. So. Um, okay. Anyway, um, yeah, your husband. When I hear you talking to him in Hebrew, you go back and forth between English and Hebrew. So I'm, I don't get the impression mm. that you know, that you have all the vocabulary there. Now, what about uh, that uh, the anti-Semitic Jewish comedian we had on a couple weeks ago? Um, yeah, Jonathan Randall. Jonathan Randall. So, since and by the way, I would still. I, I, I'm not saying he's anti-Semitic, but he's I'm, very anti-Israel. Yeah, I, I'm. I was purposely being um, provocative, but. He he can't, he sounded so reasonable here, uh, in the podcast discussing the Arab-Israeli conflict and all that. Just because he was talking to you, and then he left, and he just went on a screed, <laughs> just a fucking screed about this. There's no way he believes in any of the things he said to sound reasonable on the show. Would oh you agree God. with that? He he is no fan of the Jews. Well, he's no, fan of, he's no fan of Israel. I think yeah. he, he may well be a fan. Well, of, you should well, have had never, him on at the same time as me, honestly. No, he did write something that was like particularly. What do you expect from Israelis? <laughs> oh, are, are Israelis are known for oh being liars or something. He said that? The duplicity. I'm going to, I'll I'll quote it. No, you know, I mean, you can. But I'm just, and what made me think of it was like, is, is it because he was intimidated because it's mean? He doesn't want to speak frankly, you know, because he's afraid that. Yeah, I already told you that. Yeah, so that's not good. Yeah, for sure, though, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why. <laughs> so you so hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So do you, do you he was hundred percent afraid. So, so, yeah. so fair enough. So no now, question. Now, what are your views on Israel? <laughs> <laughs> so is, is your is your is careful? Your, is, your, <laughs> is your larger point here that nobody should be afraid to speak freely in front of you because you do not take it. You do not book comics on the basis of their political beliefs. That's not my larger point, but that's what that's what popped it into my head when he's talking about being intimidated. Um, well, we're joking around. My, my larger point. Well, you is, do have a presence. It's a fact. It, it bothered me. It bothered me that he would. I mean, he doesn't realize it bothered me more than his if he had expressed his sincere beliefs about his. You mean his his lying, kind of altering his views in front Yeah, I don't of want to use the word lying, but... The, yeah, but changing his view for yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it might have not been changing his views for you. It might have just been that people don't like confrontation sometimes. And, and when they're when they're in the presence of people with different views, they just they just don't want to get into it. <laughs> well, Except, hey, but you know who really doesn't like... You know who really loves his confrontation? 
Israelis. I'm kidding. The Jews. That was, that was, so, so, yeah. so, and but we, I got some hint of it, some hint of it at the very end when I when he says, I believe in a two-state solution, he says, and I said. Oh, my God. And I said, well, okay. I said, would you, would you tweet out that, you know, as much as critical as I am about Israel, I'm still a Zionist. Yeah. And he says, no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that. I wouldn't say I'm a Zionist. I'm like, why? I say, and, he's, and he acknowledges Zionist means the, the belief that the Jews should have a homeland in Israel. He says, yes, but, you know, it's a controversial word, so I would never use it. Did you, did you make him elaborate on that? Yeah, we did. And, and he, but, but I, I kind of, do you remember that? And I'm like, well, yeah, but they, just because it's controversial to them, you're going to tailor it. You know that they're not right. That's yeah. not what it means. And, you're, and you're, you're allowing that view to metastasize by then allowing it to jump to people who supposedly do support a two-state solution. Now you're afraid to say you're is, but he wouldn't oh. say it. And that, and that was a Well, anyways, clue. you can see him taping his hour special for Netflix at the Comedy Cellar next week. No, I don't care about that for the... <laughs> uh, listen, as a good That's Jew, wild, though, yeah. what's, my, what's my prime directive? Uh, is, to, is for the Comedy Cellar to be a successful business. Yeah. I don't care about his personal views in terms of whether now, or not he goes on stage. Now, I don't speaks- like... Well, maybe maybe that's and why, I enjoy maybe, having maybe, maybe he thought you did though. That's why he was probably altering yeah. his because yeah. well, it's an anti. Well, well, on on <laughs> exactly. uh, on yeah. the on a related note to business, yeah. you told me something Noam before the show regarding last week. He can't control himself. Yeah, and that last week Noam mentioned that he, the comedy seller will likely be or may be expanding. Noam is looking at a property in the area to open up a new club in this area. Oh wow! But it wasn't one hundred percent. No one put a bid on a property, and well, I, I, we we talked about this already. Why are you shaking? I don't, I don't think we talked about that. Yes, we did. No, yes, we did. No, no. Yes, we absolutely. Sorry, let me just not go on TikTok live here. We Say did it again. Absolutely <laughs> using the same Sorry, terminology. Exactly how you said it before. Okay, three. We <laughs> and we'll pan over to him in a second. All right. Okay? We used okay. exactly the same terminology on a previous podcast. You and I'm here to announce today. it today. This is so exciting. If you wish for me not to discuss it, we can. We can trim, trim it out. We can trim it out. We didn't trim it out, but let's not discuss it. All right, back to me. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, Well, we did discuss it. So, Nicole, back me up. Do you recall that? I feel like we did. We did. Not to stir the pot. Wow. Absolutely. Not to stir. It's too late, Nicole. And you said. Pot stirring. And you said. Pot pot I don't recall exactly what you said, but but, um, you said it's possibility. Well, congratulations if it happens. I don't know. It's exciting. I had another thought today. Okay, he doesn't to- want to talk. Totally unrelated. Because you can look at the tape. We did discuss it. So you know how um, it's kind of said before that uh, you know really smart people can kind of come up with arguments that only, somehow only a smart person would ever make such ridiculous arguments. Mm-hmm. Periel does this from time to time, um, or she repeats them anyway. But do you believe there's anything um, that there's actually any objective? morality or ethics like i feel like smart people have convinced i'm talking about the smartest people have convinced themselves have come up with all kinds of rationalizations that there is some objective morality in the world the whole, the whole subject of ethics is somehow something that that is objectively true and i think i think that's just ridiculous there's no there's no objective morality in the world there's like game theory like this works better if every if you don't kill me i don't kill you that makes sense but i think that we have a natural sense of guilt about things, also probably for good evolutionary reasons, and we just yearn to to rationalize this guilt we feel when we do things, quote-unquote, wrong. 
and this becomes philosophy. Plato, Socrates, like they come up with all this amazing rationale of why there is objective Kant. Well, like I think the, there is. First of all, but there's no objective ethics I think, in the animal I kingdom. I think there is. We're animals like the rest of them. I think inflicting. No. Pa- I think inflicting pain for no reason. You you couldn't make any argument that 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 that, that was anything other than immoral. What's what? Wait, immoral? Who says? If you're causing pain for no reason, I'm saying you. Nobody never, benefits. You and somebody would never suffers. If you didn't have a conscience, you would never come up with that that moral. I'm not. It, and I'm not sure what you're getting at. I'm saying like. In the animal and Matt is really flummoxed at why we're talking about. In this. the animal kingdom, That's they kill. I don't know if they kill for no. They don't know what the reason is, but they inflict pain on each other. They maim each other. Well, because they, they, it's, they, they eat each other. Yeah, because they eat to survive. Well, sometimes they, they kill and are we say, and yeah. don't eat it. Is the animal kingdom an analogy for comedians? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I I know maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing it. Like, I, so if comedians were animals, what animal would they be, or would they all vary? Hyenas. Does it depend on the comedian? You yeah, think they'd all be hyenas? No, maybe, but they could maybe depend on the... Com- I mean, you could do it either way, right? Yeah. It would be fun to assign... An that would be fun. That'd be a fun exercise, yeah. Are you saying I should eat you, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be the moral okay. thing to do. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm saying animals eat to survive, and they and they and they go by instinct, so yeah. there's no moral issue well. there, but... What what started me thinking about this was this this yeah, concept try of, to relate it to of, something. of vegans like you know they they think it's immoral to eat animals. Some are just grossed out by it, you know, like really disgusted well, by the idea. Are well, you reading is- my mind? Because I I'm I'm there's this friend of mine yeah. that's been harassing me to watch the Game Changers. It's okay, you can say it's the guy who hates Jews who was on the <laughs> show last week, yeah, yeah. who's a vegan, <laughs> who's been harassing me to watch the Game Changers, yeah. which is a, a documentary about veganism making the point that not only is being a vegan a more ethical choice, which I think you have, it's hard to argue that, although maybe you could, Mm -hmm. but that it's also basically can make you stronger, healthier. Um, It just has all kinds of health benefits, and of course it's better for the environment. So anyway, I watched the, the documentary, and then I watched some other things debunking some of the things that were said in The Game Changers. Or refuting some of the things that were said in the game. And then she starts yelling at me, you're a brainwashed idiot, as vegans will often do because many of them ha- are basically lunatics. Yeah. Um, although I, 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 I applaud their, 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 their um, desire to spare animal suffering, they're also lunatics in many cases. But So anyway, it's just interesting <laughs> that you're bringing up veganism when I just got harassed. I love how we get from... Is there a, a basic form of ethics and morality well, no to one brought up vegans? <laughs> no one brought up veganism. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, well, it's interesting you brought up veganism because just today I was in an argument with this person who doesn't want to speak to me anymore yeah. because I don't accept everything that was said in the Game Changers uh, at, at face value. Wait, so you watched it? I watched the Game okay, Changers. Okay, and then you now, said you didn't agree? I didn't agree or disagree because I'm not, a, I'm not a nutritionist. So I went online and I looked up the Game Changers, and there were people refuting many of the things that were said. In other words, vegans will tell you that not only is being vegan ethical, but many of them will say it's the healthiest diet. So okay, Game and, Changers... And many, so- and many people say... You can have a diet with meat in it that's just as healthy. So game changers is to vegans what you people is to Jews, is what you're saying. That's basically what I'm saying. There you go. All right. And Everybody's so what, refuting this, what's happening And here. this person won't talk Threading to me. Threading the needle. This person saying, talk to me when you... And she sent me more videos to watch. Well, oh she's... God. I mean, it's like, really, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So anyway. Wow. So I'm tempted to be a vegan. It, kill, it kills me to see these animals 
Don't, don't get no, me wrong. No. But I'm saying that that feeling I have is not rational. It doesn't come from the. I didn't which have, animal, it, it, which it, animals like do you feel the most bad for? Chicken or cow? Like what? What makes you more? Well, you'd bad? have to go with cow. Yeah. If those are your I love pig, I love pigs pigs. I love the Louis C.K. chicken bit when he hosted SNL. You, you know that one like the racist chicken and he goes chicken their murder rate is 1000% oh. <laughs> or <Excellent. 100%. laughs> yeah. Such a good bit. I never thought of chickens the same way again just the way he bobs his head is <laughs> so fucking funny. Can you do Louis? Again, I I here's the community to do. I I could do I do Sebastian. I do Gaffigan. I do I can do a little right now. You want me to do a little? Gaffigan? Yeah, here, the Gaffigan's fun. I just do the way to do Gaffigan is just to question everything around you with a childlike wonder mm. and then just sound like you've been out of breath for 10 minutes. Like, I mean, I don't even understand what we're doing here. Like, why do, why do we eat guacamole with tortilla chips and not a spoon? Seems like a healthier choice. Yeah, that's Gaffigan. I, I just feel like, why, why do cicadas come every 17 years? Feels a little is weirdly spaced. I want a hot pocket. Okay, you're scaring me, but you're fun. I just feel like we're having fun here. <laughs> That's him. And Sebastian? What's up, everybody? It's Sebastian Maniscalco. Happy to be here on the show. Different modes to the Sebastian. There's podcast Sebastian more deep, talking about things, having fun. Then there's the high pitch. What? I don't want to be here. Bored, taking a picture. What are we doing? <laughs> and then there's I like Sam Morell is like, I'm working on Sam Morell. It's like, um, yeah, my babysitter. My babysitter molested me when I was five. I don't even know. You know, the worst dub is it's cop. I don't even know what the writing is around it. It's just fun to speak like in very deep voice. Yeah. And then Norman, yeah, it's fun. I was dreaming before. Just, hey, hey, good to be here. What are we doing? Look at the Jews. And then I'm working on Anthony Jezelnik. Like, um, you know, I was dating this girl. She had a pet parakeet. I think would never shut up. The bird was cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> is that a real Jesselnick? Yes, it Anth is. Anthony. Uh, Anthony Jesselnick. So working on some of the comedian impressions. And your favorite one right now? Well, do we want to... Okay. So. You no, know, please. Your show. I'm, my favorite one? Uh, uh, <laughs> out, out of all of them? Out of everyone I do? Well, yeah. It's in your, uh, you sent it to I me. Just, it's, it's, uh, we're all over the place, but Noam did bring up veganism, which okay, is a yeah, rich please. topic. <laughs> And maybe I'm wrong about I, ethics. I, I, I mean, don't I, know whether I, he wants I, to I, pursue I, it or wants are, to not pursue it. Ethics are interesting. As, as well, what a, would Peter Singer say? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, he believes that you should create the maximum goodness. Here, here, the only argument in favor of meat-eating that I have heard um, that may or may not have validity is that these animals, most of them, would not exist if we did not eat them. Most cows are raised to be eaten. If we did not eat these cows, they wouldn't exist at all. So we're we're this giving a, them. This is a good. Uh, it's a pretty good argument. We're giving them life, whether it even though it's a short life, we're giving and them life. God they intend for humans to like eat well, these. Not if we're going like, to get into God, then well, then, whatever. Then that's you a whole other thing. But not yeah. the way the meat industry is. Okay, run. but just assuming they're treated well. But they're not. Assuming they that's are, is it ethical? But they're not. Go ahead, sir. Is it ethical <laughs> to kill a creature that wouldn't have existed otherwise? <laughs> Italians eat fucking cows. <laughs> I'm just going like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know, I don't, Dan. I, don't know. I, I, think, I think that, um, like I said, a lot of this is, we tr it makes us feel bad. And we try to create a rationale, a weighty rationale, why it's wrong, quote unquote wrong. Well, but the fact is, it makes us feel bad. 
and uh, it, uh, sociopaths <laughs> don't feel bad, you know. Guess where there will be the best meat products in all of New York? Where is that? At the Comedy Cellar when they expand to their additional locations. <laughs> I'm kidding. We can cut it. Come on. Uh, I did ask you, Noam, about getting <laughs> okay. beyond. Did you guys know, by the way, that the cellar is expanding? Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> let's just let, let's just sprinkle it in to make the edit impossible. There we go. <laughs> Cellars expanding. Cellars expanding. Mod properties. Go ahead. Sorry. Continue. Oh, we, yeah. just, we can do it. It's just be a, a, yeah. a much. Do what? Oh, the comedy cellar expanding? No, we, right. we, no in, other, <laughs> in other words, we, we can cut it all out and just make, you know, have to really be a wide cut. Yeah, it would be a wide and, cut. And, yeah. And not necessarily It'd just what, be like what? Matt Friend cast, just like one minute <laughs> yeah, exactly. of the episode. Go ahead, Dan. Um, Go ahead. Will there be Beyond Burgers? I mentioned Beyond Burgers. We got an email uh, this week from somebody who wants, wants a vegan choices Beyond and impossible. Who sent the email? You're by the kidding, way? right? You're who, fucking with me. No, I'm not kidding. Who sent this? Just like a random fan of the comedy seller? Yeah, we you know we send out uh, uh, customer satisfaction emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So somebody said we more vegan choices. <laughs> what and conversation I, did you and I have last <laughs> week? I don't recall. So so no. <laughs> Periel's a vegan and wants more vegan. Choice. I'm not a vegan. Really? A so I asked. I asked a pescatarian. Let me ask you this: as a pescatarian, hold on. Uh, I asked the customer the same question I asked you. I said, but we don't have a we don't have a, a meat free grill. Yeah, and what did they say? And they said that's okay. And what and what did you say to them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what did you cow- say to them? I said, well, it's okay for you, but I would still be worried about some customer yeah. freaking out because we didn't make it clear to them, and then I got to depend on the waitress. Oh to God. make sure that they told the customer, the perhaps drunk customer, you know, we make this on a, on a meat grill. <laughs> I'm just worried about it because we're not dealing with reasonable people. We're dealing with vegans. Can you bring this customer onto this podcast? Because when I said that, I was like, it doesn't matter. You can just make a little asterisk on the menu. And you're like, you don't know anything. Oh, my God. Sounds reasonable to me. Wow. Perry, uh, you're a pescatarian. You I only am. eat fish. That's amazing. Fish is the only uh, flesh that you, animal product that you eat. And shellfish. Is, is this for, is it because you believe fish don't have a, a consciousness that they're, they don't feel pain? It, is this an ethical decision? It was. It wasn't. It is an ethical decision. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly my point. Because it doesn't feel bad about the fish. That's all. No, no, no. That's not true. They're it, not alive. <laughs> it's. It's well, not. Pl- look, plants are alive. I mean, alive. do you want me to is, answer? Yes, I do. I do. I don't know about no. He doesn't. Okay, oh, go ahead. I per- do. I do. Perry L. And then I have a question for you. If it's I'm not. Oh, it's skeet target. Paul, go ahead. Go ahead, Perry <laughs> My biggest problem is really with the meat industry in America. It's not so much the eating of the animals, which I in and of itself don't love, but I think if there were a more ethical and less toxic and disgusting way that the animals were treated, I probably wouldn't have such strong feelings against. But they raise meat. fish in the farms, right? One, one fish. Okay, well, I'm not fucking perfect. Let me ask you this, Periel. Yeah. If the only way to avoid a terrible migraine once a month was to eat meat, would you eat meat? That's what my husband asks me about blowjobs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yes, I probably. Yeah, I'm sure I would. Okay. What about once once a year? A terrible migraine that lays you up all day well, long. Yeah, of course, yes. You would eat meat to avoid... All year for the one, to avoid the once a year? Oh. You, would you eat meat all year to avoid one horrific yes. migraine? Yes. One for 24-hour period? Yes. Okay. So, so, so you're... Very dedicated. Co- your commitment... <laughs> your commitment to... 
sparing animal <laughs> suffering is, is, I would suggest, quite limited. Well, I would, I would suggest that if you do read Peter Singer's um, philosophy, is that it's your responsibility as a human being to reduce suffering as much as you can. As much as you can. Well, you can. Wet, just, wet, wet, but then wet. when his mother was sick, wait he took all the resources second. for his mother. Remember but, that? Yes. Wait a second. Hypocrite. As long as it doesn't cause you to suffer more. Yeah. That that oh, what, singer's what, philosophy. So you're saying one day a year of migraine is more than all more Wait, so, suffering than all the animals that you've eaten. Wait, you're saying eat meat once a year to avoid? No, I'm saying you eat meat. You eat meat all year. Oh, like uh, no, no, I wouldn't. And you, okay, no, I wouldn't. I thought you meant would I eat meat once to oh, avoid one oh, no, terrible? Yeah, no, I well, wouldn't do that. Now, what do you think is worse? People who eat meat or impressionists? If you had, <laughs> if you had to pick, well, how about one. an impression? Here's my impression. An impressionist who eats of, meat. Of, uh, I have my impression of Pacino eating meat. Medium well. <laughs> and that's, I wouldn't cut that one from the act. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Barrett, Le Barrett You know what? Your choice was medium well was the wrong one. What was I said? It had to be like really raw. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, or, or very well. What are you going to do? Medium well is in the middle. It's like, it doesn't match the. Yeah, medium well. I take well. a flamethrower to this yeah, point. Yeah, I, I take a, I want it well done. Take a flamethrower. This cow has got a great ass. <laughs> Barrett Letty. Much better, Dan. Yeah, Barrett Letty, better. you are somebody we that that's uh, been watching the podcast for the past hour. What are your thoughts? You can come to the microphone, by the way. Because we like I this, I, this is I, like asking Randall about Israel. Go ahead. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Speak freely. <laughs> and you can do it as Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Uh, uh well, I I hate the Jews just as much as anyone else. Uh I mean Fuck them. Uh, and uh, uh, so I was fisting my wife the other day. And uh, my son starts fingering my daughter's ass. What did you ask me? <laughs> oh, I said, what are your thoughts on this show? That's on the aristocrats. Oh, it sucked. Uh, it's been, no, it's been great. It's been Yeah, excellent. it's been. Yes. Gilbert, yeah. it's been great to be with you. Look, oh, I yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're dead. Uh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> hard to make money when you're dead. Gilbert Gottfried. Well, but you save a lot of money. Back from the dead. You save a lot of money, Gilbert. Well, you know you that when you're dead. Ah, uh, absolutely. Just ask Johnny Carson. You know? uh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <clears throat> All right. Any anything else you want to talk about? Anything in the news? Well, Tyree Nichols. I mean that 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 would be a uh, a a a an, a very very odd discussion to have. After a Gilbert impression, well, I, uh, I don't but, like I don't like to talk about these subjects without having some uh, person of color at the table. So maybe if you wouldn't mind speaking to the black person, <laughs> <laughs> this class should just be called "Try to Get Him Canceled," brought to you by the Comedy Cellar. It's okay, you could... and serious exit. Yeah, yeah, just, no, just, just, just. I mean, don't lay it on too heavy. Just, you know. Just, We'll cut it out, and nobody will know. In a, yeah, that, you know, the only way I'll do it, I could just be talking about the comedy cellar expanding in that voice the whole time. You, do, do, God, you want to go in? Did you guys know that the comedy cellar Oh, they brought a heater expanding? now? Oh, thank you very much. But it's good but for Nicole. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Does this have to be on air, the heater? Yeah. That, what a guy. Thank you so much. I didn't expect it now. Thank you so much. Please text Tony. Tell him to thank you. I can't tell him. Tell him to tell him thank you. I, I where, where, where uh, Matthew, are you doing stand-up in the city? If Tony's amazing. Uh, currently, I'm at the stand a lot. We can cut that out, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, look. What's it, what's, it, hold on, what's it like at the stand? I, uh, they put me up. It's it's great. You know, I... Dude, is the stand, Noam, the, the club that... Great. 
you feel is your biggest competitor? Like, that's that uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. It's, it's and, uh, uh, I, I was just watching a Daniel Day-Lewis interview of, oh, my God, just him talking about his process. He's a mind-fucking guy. How, what if he ever did stand-up? Wouldn't that be Can wild? A little something like Who's that? the best dramatic actor you think that's ever done comedy? Is there one like that comes to mind for you? Done stand-up comedy? That's done stand-up comedy, yeah. I guess Robin Williams is. Yeah, Robin Williams, Williams yeah. Have to be. Jim Carrey, maybe? I mean, Those are the Robin two. Williams is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think Both he's the best? Both comedy and acting. Do you think he's the best? Like single-handedly, it's the best that anybody's mentioned. I mean, I guess Eddie Murphy. I mean, he's probably the, the yeah stand-up comics go. I think he's Bill, Bill prob- Murray. Bill, well, Bill, Bill Murray didn't do stand-up. He didn't do stand-up, but stand-up yeah. comics do you, do, go. Do you think? Yeah, think do you so. think um, that it's easier for like? Do you think that dramatic actors are better at being comedic, or do you think that a comedic actor could be better at being like a, a dramatic? Say it again. Like, do you think it's more likely that a dramatic actor could be successful in comedies? No, not not stand-up. Or do you think that a comedic actor could be better as a as a dramatic? Much more likely. Yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, you know things are. I mean, I'm right trying out. to think of examples of comedic actors that have done. I think well, they're more versatile. Yeah. Have done well. I'm sure there are. I just nothing is leaping to Bruce mind. Bruce Willis. So Anyways, where am I getting up in the city? Uh, no, <laughs> but I asked, let's just I list asked, all the places that are not the cellar. Well, so I the asked Noam, is the stand I, I, your competitor in your mind, your I, biggest I have competitor? A competition. So when you, so when I can't stand to see anyone else oh succeed. Yeah. All right. Is that, now is we're that, all, all. Can you do that scene from from There Will Be Blood? I need to do it. I'm, you're giving me homework. I'm going to do this. So Daniel Day Lewis says that he can't. You know, he has a competition and uh, he yeah, can't stand yeah. to see it. Well, this is interesting. So I, I have a little bit of that. I can't stand to see anyone else succeed. At least. Um, in the same industry, but uh, uh, is the stand our main competitor? I don't know. I don't know. I, I... Well, because you said to me the other day, hey, look, these are the people that are working at the stand. Should they be working here? You didn't say, you know, that you... you... Well, the truth is that Caroline's is, is out of business. Close, yeah. Gotham, inexplicably, doesn't even list their lineup. They're, yeah, they don't really... Which it just says the Gotham All-Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that means. And then... Uh, I didn't check New York Comedy Club, which I think is actually, I think, you know, despite what I said about, you know, not like to see people do well, I think they're doing a good job over there. I think they they have made a lot of progress in a short time, becoming a name club that, that is doing a good job. They're aggressive in marketing. They're, they get good acts. I went there one night and I saw a good show, so I think they're pretty good. I, so, I was just listening to John Stewart on speaking, when we were talking about Stewart talking about his days. Don't at tell the, me talk about the stand. No, no, at the okay. cellar, at the cellar. <laughs> No, 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 no. He was talking. He was yeah, exactly. He was talking about how much he loves the stand. No, no. He was talking about the cellar and just um, John his Stewart. early days getting up there. It was great. Did you hear any of it? Are you going to do an impression of it? No, I, oh. I know. Just tell, I'm just telling you. It was a great listen. Honestly, it was fantastic. No, I haven't heard it, but I love John. Yeah. Um, I would. I would. Yeah. That thing is a fire hazard. I fear. You're up at the cellar, right? No. Oh. No, she's not. All right. So anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just doing a podcast. Uh, we got to wrap it up. But uh, so I think the stand. I think the stand is. Uh, I think this is what I think about the stand. I think the stand does a better job than than I do, of of uh, knowing who the um, up and coming comics are. I think I think we don't do as well as, at that as we used to as and as we should. So I so I do take the stands lineup seriously. I don't I don't think it's an amateurish job that they're doing and I if somebody's performing at the stand I, I, well, I, I well, want have, to take notice of it have you discovered somebody other than Tyler um, Fisher is there somebody that was working the stand and you discovered them and said holy shit you know this is a what a find 
No. Well, then, then, so, so that kind of contradicts your previous statement that they're doing a better job. No, because I don't know who's, I don't know who's, who's there. If, listen, there's two ways to look at. It. I can say to myself, you know what? There was one person working at the stand who would have been killing at the cellar, and son of a gun, I that 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 person was introduced to me by a friend of a friend. It was Tyler Fisher. Or I could say to myself, if if that. If Tyler Fisher exists, it's likely there's other people out but there you, that but, exist. But and have you have you looked at the stands lineup and then done the research to just? Hey, and his, I'm I'm on this podcast right now. Yeah. So you guys are starting to do that. That's good. I, I well, first of all, no, it's very surprising of you to say that because there has been such an, I mean, flood. I guess would be the right word. Inundation. Uh, uh, infestation. Deluge. <laughs> infestation. Careful. <laughs> Deluge uh, of uh, of uh, of new comedians here. That uh, no, I was kidding about infestation. But <laughs> now uh, we're investing. <laughs> they, look, from my point of view, it's a zero-sum game. There's X number of shows, and the more somebody else gets, the less I get. But really, Dad, I had no idea that that didn't come through. But go ahead. <laughs> but but the <laughs> fact of the matter is, there is a ton of new comedians at work here. It seems like you are redoubling, retripling, if that's a word, your efforts to get new, more than ever before. Uh, there is just. You know, I've been coming here a long time, and I've never seen this many new comics here at the Comedy Cellar. So it seems like you're—it seems like you're really, really, really making an effort to to find new people and to bring new people in. So it surprises me for you to say that the stand's not doing—is doing a better job at that. Maybe they are, but it seems like you guys are really, really, really making an effort these days to. I, to I don't know the answer to all those things. All I know is. There was this comedian, Tyler Fisher. Well, you got one, yeah. Yeah, and he's destroying. He's killing in his spots in the cellar. And he was available two years ago, and I didn't know about him. And the only reason I found out about him was because, like I said, a friend says, you know, you should really, and I didn't take it seriously. No, you should, can, I meet, can I bring Tyler down to meet you? And I'm like, all right. And I didn't want to say no because it's a friend. And I met him. He says, you'll check out my tape. And I say, oh, sh- sure enough, he's funny. What the fuck? You but know? why didn't you take it seriously then? I mean, it sounds like because what? We, well, because stupid me, I thought to myself, if this guy was great, wouldn't I have heard about it from somebody else besides this friend of mine who's not even in the comedy business? Well, I heard I, it from somebody who doesn't even exist in the comedy world. She just happened to know him because she's involved in politics, and he did some viral clip that you know was was uh, uh, coincided with her. Harmonious with her political beliefs, that kind of thing. Like it was a total coincidence, and I'm like, well, that's a wake up call to me. That's all. Thank well, okay, but that's one example. I still think the comedy star is probably doing a good job. I don't think there's too many people that you don't know about that are slipping through the cracks. Um, but but I don't know that for sure. Well, hopefully I don't, folks. Right? China. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 now. Um, Right. Matthew has a huge. Uh, how big is your TikTok following at this time? I've across socials almost over a million followers. How many on TikTok? Uh, almost eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand. Noam, what's mine? To what extent oh. does this influence your decision to make Matt Stuff the face it. of the comedy? Oh cellar? boy! To make it, the it, new it, logo of the comedy seller Matt friends. Face. No, it doesn't influence my decision. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it influences my uh, analyses. All, all, analysis only in the sense that. If somebody got a million uh, followers on TikTok or, you know, across social media, including TikTok, then there's a better likelihood that there might be really great. 
Like you, you at some point, well, no, I mean, you, you can't get a million followers unless you have, unless you're pleasing them in some way. But it wouldn't if I saw you and, and you didn't do well. Hey, you wouldn't. Well, there's also an element of like I'm doing TikTok, but I'm also performing because there's a lot of TikTok people that say they're comedians, but they've never done stand up before. It's a uh-huh. whole other thing, as you. Guys, how many on well. Insta- how many on Instagram? Uh, almost one hundred fifty thousand. Okay. I would never, I would never put you on because I thought that your TikTok following would be good for yeah, drawing, drawing customers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless I thought you deserved. It, is your TikTok following filling rooms for you? Or yes, may, uh, it's starting to. Yeah. It yeah. start so it is. So at eight hundred thousand, it's starting to. No, it is. Like I'm going to other cities now. Like I was at the Miami Improv headlining there. Um, I'm going to. And can Horror you, comedy can, club. Can I'm going you, to. Sorry to mention all these other places, but no, no one does. Uh, no one does. We'll bleep them out. Going no, to, no like, one the, does. I'm headlining the Punchline Philly. I'm going to the Kennedy Center in March. What um, the Kennedy Center? I'm Is doing that... a like a hour uh, thing there. Yeah, it's for this entertainment series in March. So. Now, now when you when you when you put your name on the lineup in the stand, and we we should probably you know wrap this up. Or yeah, sorry, we're talking about all this. Thanks for having me, by the way, guys. Our pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for coming. When when you do when you put your name in the lineup in the stand, do you do you, do they does that sell tickets for them? I mean, I've been running through it. I, like I've been doing multiple hour long shows there, and I've been like selling those out in their room. And then I did like the New York Comedy Festival and sold that out. So when I I think it does because whenever I'm in the lineup there, I'm getting like. Lots of messages from people coming to see you. How tonight, many so. women are sending you titty shots in, a lot of, in, a lot of in your well, DMs? It's, it's not just women, right, Dan? That's true. But a lot of, by the way, your voice is finally I'm here. I'm gonna, I might just use it for like a fucking voiceover audition. Jesus Christ, you're like a fucking 1930s cartoon. Um, however, I think uh, it happened. A lot of women, a lot of titty shots. I don't know. Like, not really. I mean, not, no one's sending me fucking pictures of their tits. Well, it, it's, I'm surprised to hear that because you're a young. I mean, I don't know. Looking now, guy, and if you got a, a, all those followers, you now, mm. it would have to stand. be some titty shots in those DMs. I do, would they, think. They, they let you keep. By the way, comedy sellers expanding. Go ahead, sorry. When you do the stand, you do like one of these <laughs> uh, headline shows. They they, they, let, they let you keep the door. Uh, when I was doing that, uh, yeah, there was like some. Uh, there was like a split. Yeah, like a seventy thirty. I think. Why don't you what, take the, we, the wheels yeah. are turning? No, what are you thinking? What are you thinking, Neil? No, no, the wheels are turning. It was funny when I transferred to NYU. I, I went to Tufts for a year. I transferred to NYU in 2018. I know him at the Tufts. Oh, Did Tufts. you? Yeah. That's right. Do you know Hank Azaria at all? I, I know who how, he is. I don't know. I don't know. Person. Are you the same? I don't know, how old are you? Can I ask? I was born. I was, I was class of uh, 84. My dad was. You know a guy named Bill Friend? No. My dad was 80. I think my dad was like 83 or something. That's so weird. Anyways, I had a very small group of friends at college. I didn't. I didn't like Tufts at all. I, I didn't like it either. I transferred. That's as I said. But uh, but when I uh, that is hilarious. Yeah, no. But I went to. NYU. I had a great time, but I didn't like Tufts. I had a great time. I had, I had a great group of friends. I'm still friends with them. I had That's fun wild. there. I went. To, I went to school with Tracy Chapman. I knew did, her. Did you? Uh, did you? Tracy Chapman. Wait a second. She's got a fast car. Can you imitate her? Wait, isn't Tracy Chapman now married to Bruce? Isn't Tracy Chapman gay? No, that's that's something else. Now, now you had a bad time at Tufts. Yeah. Did you have a good time at NYU, or was it just, loved, or was it no, just no, you I, all I, along? No, I loved NYU, and I tried, no, I was brought it up because the first night I when I the first time I got to NYU here, I tried to, I I was waiting outside to try to get tickets at the Village Underground. They wouldn't let me in because I was like nineteen or whatever. But then I remember Amy Schumer walked by and she was buying a sombrero, mm-hmm. a little store nearby. Was, Where did and you I was live like, at this Tufts? Is great. Uh, I was in uh, Miller, and then I was, I was in Carmichael in Mil- for a semester. I was in Miller Hall till my first. That's so weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no, nobody had a worse time in college than it's I weird. did. But I don't mean to. Yeah, I don't no. mean to one up you. Okay, okay, we gotta go. Okay. We gotta go. Okay. Well, well first of all, anyways, let's, let's, give let's a, just end with the uh, tough fight song. You let, I, I, what is it? <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's give a reasonable <laughs> closure to the podcast. Yes. Do things professionally. We gotta get a picture we, we, too. I want to. We would like to thank. I think that's the right use of the word closure. Barrett, we might grab a picture of us, by the way. We would like to thank Matt Friend for coming. Hopefully, he'll be working here. I think he will be. How bad could he be? His impressions are good. I'm sure he's decent. Let's face well, it. Well, actually, people are saying I'm better than decent, look, but you can say look, let's I have a it. lot of confidence. Stand-up's not that Excuse, hard anyway. So It's hard. I have a lot of confidence, and we destroy. That's what we do. <laughs> we kill. I'm not, I'm not going up there to not make people fucking laugh. You know? like, what Matt are you will do? be working right. here, if not this, probably this year, but if not in 2024. I mean, well, so Trump is really a motherfucker, right? Like, that, thank that, you for you, doing You're that. the one who said you wanted to wrap the no, show I'm up. Just saying, like, now you're that, opening up a whole new just topic. Say, that persona. No, I know. It's so weird. It's so rich it, and huge. I know, but you... You got to have a very specific take on it. That's what you have to do. Because you said earlier, it's so overdone. People try to do it. Baldwin does it, fails like a dog. <laughs> and that's what you, you got to be very specific. And I, I'm analytical. Over, like, over, overdone yeah, like uh, I do, the, way, I do, the way Pacino yeah, likes his I, uh, I do different bits on the Trump thing. Burger. Like, I do Trump. Uh, I, I did a bit. No, of, no, I don't want to get back to okay, Trump. Fine, I'm just saying, fine, I'm just saying that. We're going to wrap this up. Okay. We're going to do it professionally. Right. You know, this, this phrase that's overused, a force of nature, like certain uh-huh. people who are just like, Defy, he's defying. Generous, like like Trump is just such a unique human he, he, persona, he, personality. Look, it's also just wild, like like you're, Hitler. You, no, you're talking, you're talking about morals and ethics earlier. It's like everyone, especially in the comedy world, like when they do something wrong, they're like blacklisted for a certain. Trump has never, he's always been able to go unscathed to anything. Like Billy Bush's career, like he got fucked. And then Trump just becomes that blows yeah, my mind out, out of that whole thing. And I think I think that way when I watch old Hitler movies. <laughs> and I old think, Hitler. When I, I say you meant Hitler was a director, I was like Hitler made movies. No, no, I was confused and for I a said second. and I said to myself, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe it's just because I don't live in that time that this was somehow. Oh, there's another little screaming guy with like like maybe this was like a typical persona for that time, but it seems like. <laughs> The it's, screaming guy was a typical German. I'm just saying, like, he didn't, like he didn't maybe always, everyone in Germany was screaming in the 40s. Just. Or he didn't always scream. Of course, there is one <laughs> recording of him on a train, which I was talking with Barrett about before the show, where he's actually talking like a normal human being. But like Gilbert Godfrey, he's mainly known for screaming. But anyway, <laughs> or this guy came up with this larger than life personality yeah. that you would. Think if he tried it out, like Adolf, that's gonna, people are gonna think that's ridiculous. Like you think about Trump, if Trump, Adolf, if Adolf, don't <laughs> cut back this. Adolf, just chill. You can do what bit. you want, but I advise against. I it. love the idea that Adolf, that he was like rehearsing this persona. Well, he was, he was. No, no, but like the idea that like that his friends that just Adolf like a little lower on the volume. No, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna be considered one of the great orators of all time. This worked. Apparently, he used to in front of the mirror. He used to rehearse uh, his gestures <laughs> and his <laughs> movements. I, and and studied that, do, you know. It, it is interesting. Do you think his friends called him Hitler or Adolf? Like, do you think they were on a first, like, his close friends? Like, I think they called him A.H. <laughs> okay, on that note. Barrett, what was the guy's name of the, the guy who was anti-Israel again? He, Randall. Jonathan. They called him Randall, Jonathan. actually. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Um, the amazing Jonathan. Thank you, Matt Friend. Thanks for having who me. Who can be thanks. found on he on TikTok. Add yourself. He's got 800,000 followers. Maybe you'll be 800,000. Yeah, I'm also on Truth Social and Parlor. You can find me there. The alt-right loves me. Uh, at the Matt Friend. There we go. Thank you, Barrett hey, Letty. Hey. Barrett Letty for lending your voice. Uh, Robin Quivers and Gilbert Godfrey and yeah, were, were as good as I've heard. Yo, do you do Tucker Carlson? I do. I actually just did Tucker on Colbert. I did like a voiceover. Shut up. 
obey. <laughs> I do a. I do. A, good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. <laughs> Many people are saying that Joe Biden is a lizard. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy <laughs> laugh there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, he's a frightening guy. I also do Chris Wallace, which is so niche. All right, well, stay tuned for the okay, next, next time, yeah. Matt. Okay, sure. Tune in next time, yeah, Matt. Yeah. In, 20, uh, in 2028, when I'm finally allowed to perform in the cellar, I, I think will it'll do be, my I Chris think Wallace. It'll be before Welcome then. back to Who's Talking with Chris Wallace. Sorry, go ahead. Finish the show. Okay. Let's end this. Bye. Uh, Bye. Okay, I guess we'll just end it like that. <laughs>